faces again. Many years ago, there was a famous riddle about newspapers. And it read, what's black and white and red all over? And of course, it was a newspaper. Today, that riddle makes no sense. Newspapers come in color now. And they're not read too often. With that said, the riddle of our human experience and life continues. And that's been the same for ages. Amidst all the challenges, the ups and downs, the joys and tragedies of life, the amazing riddle of human existence continues. And on this Pentecost Sunday, as we wear red, it would be good for us to notice that marvel, that up and down century to century, human life continues. It stays afloat. It survives. And as twisted as we are, we haven't destroyed the world. We've destroyed lots of parts of the world and countless of our brothers and sisters. But the riddle of human existence goes on. And in and of itself, that is a sign, I think, of the Holy Spirit, which we're told has been poured out upon the world. And we have not destroyed that. The past year and a half has been a very difficult and trying time, divisive in so many ways. And yet, if you're hearing this today, you've survived. A lot of people didn't. I think every time I say mass here, Deacon Jim, and so many people who I've buried over the past year and a half. But to those of us who have come through this Easter and who are celebrating Pentecost today, a question might be, what now? And I think that that's a valid question. It's certainly a question that was on the minds and hearts of that early church. And we hear throughout the readings today answer. Paul, working and preaching in Corinth, which was a terribly divisive community, he speaks a word about being one body with many parts. And that word brought hope. It made sense. And it helped the divided people to be one. We have Pentecost itself, that day when people from all over the world were in Jerusalem, all of the many languages, and through the power of God, they heard that one voice, that one message in their own tongues, in their own languages, they heard and they believed. As diverse as they were, they all became Christian. 
And finally, in the gospel today, you talk about a divided people. It was that dark and stinky upper room <laughs> filled with grown men who were shamed and guilted. They were in pieces. And the risen Lord spoke peace. My friends, over and over again, through the rawness and roughness of humanity, the Holy Spirit comes. And it's to humanity that the Holy Spirit provides. He fits. And that's good news, because amidst all of the spirits, that can do so many things to us. Spirits that bring us up and drop us down. Spirits that enslave and war in our own passions and desires, in our own thoughts about other people. The Holy Spirit does something so beautiful. In fact, he only does what is beautiful. He leads and guides, and he has power to transform the human mind and heart, the human will, to bless the human soul. It seems to me, of all the things that the Holy Spirit provides for us, he does at least three. He convicts us of our division and sin. He leads us always to Jesus in whom we find peace. And then he equips us to be Jesus, to be his body, to be his mouthpiece, to be his son and daughter. The Holy Spirit does all of this, and without the Holy Spirit, there is no peace. There is no life. Without the Holy Spirit, this gathering of people, including me, we're just a Jesus club at best. But how different we are through the Holy Spirit. We're not a Jesus club. We are the body of Christ. We are the family of God. And when the Father looks on you, he sees his child. What a gift. And today we thank God for that, for God. The Holy Spirit is the love of the Father and Son. He has been poured out upon us keeps us, and he loves. As we get ready to enter into another season, the hot season, perhaps, of summer, I close with a word from the fourth century, but it's so practical, it's so fitting, and it can be a beautiful reminder of our need of the Holy Spirit and all of the good that that Holy Spirit does. When a house has no master living it in it, 
it becomes dark, vile, and contemptible, choked with filth and disgusting refuse. So too is a soul which has lost its master, who once rejoiced there with his angels. The soul is darkened with sin, its desires degrade it, and it knows nothing but shame. Woe to the path that is not walked on, or along which the voices of men are not heard, for then it becomes the haunt of wild animals. Woe to the soul if the Lord does not walk within it, to banish with the, his voice the spiritual beasts of sin. Woe to the house where no master dwells, to the field where no farmer works, to the pilotless ship, storm-tossed and sinking. Woe to the soul without Christ as its true pilot, drifting in darkness, buffeted by the waves of passion, storm-tossed at the mercy of evil spirits. Its end is destruction. Woe to the soul that does not have Christ to cultivate it with care, to produce the good fruit of the Holy Spirit. Left to itself, it is choked with thorns and thistles. Instead of fruit, it produces only what is fit for burning. Woe to the soul that does not have Christ dwelling in it. Deserted and foul with the filth of passions, it becomes a haven for all the vices. But when a farmer prepares to till the soil, he must put on clothing and use tools that are suitable. And so too Christ, our heavenly king, came to till the soil of mankind devastated by sin. He assumed the body and using the cross as his plowshare, he cultivated the barren soul of man. He removed thorns and thistles which are the evil spirits, and he pulled up the weeds of sin, and into the fire he cast the straw of wickedness. And when he had plowed the soul with the wood of the cross, he planted in it a most lovely garden of the Holy Spirit that could produce for its Lord and God the sweetest and most pleasant fruit of every kind. My friends, do not forget all that God has done for you in this season. And as we close Easter today, may all of his goodness through the Holy Spirit yield an abundant and fruitful harvest forever.